Hey guys, welcome to Real Nonsense. We are a group of teens just living our lives and honestly trying to learn more about everyday phenomena. In this podcast, we want to deep dive into the topics that affect not only our lives, but the lives of anyone both in and out of our age. Now that we said all that real stuff, let's get into the nonsense aspect of it. Okay, so today... <laughs> It's the day after Thanksgiving, <laughs> so the episode's a little late, but that's, that's okay. We have a special guest here. Yeah, it is late, because think about it. Because why are we asking Thanksgiving questions? <laughs> yeah, let's move on, let's move on. It's Black Friday. It is Black Friday. <laughs> it's Black Friday themed. And eating disorder themed. And so, <laughs> um, okay. we have a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. <laughs> Hi, I'm Juliana. How old are you? I'm 16. <laughs> okay, so you're 16. Um, <laughs> do, have, do you have a no? I'm not gonna. <laughs> give um, me, give me one fun fact about yourself that can describe you to the public, to I, the audience. Hmm. I play volleyball. I played travel volleyball, and I have since I was in fourth grade. Dang. You have not played travel well, I, I played volleyball grade. since I was in fourth grade. I tra- played travel since seventh, seventh grade. grade. Yeah. Wait for like, do you play for like a school? No. no. <laughs> so, so what do you play for? I played for Metro Volleyball Club. Okay. Oh, okay. We used to play on River City together. Yeah. Oh, and you left because you were bad. Oh, she left no. because <laughs> she had a toe infection. <laughs> oh my god! I missed tryouts for the second year. Sure. No, I did. I really did miss tryouts. And then I was like, you know what? I, it's a sign from God. And then. I think yeah. you got a toe yeah. infection. Um, okay, so I have some rapid fire Thanksgiving questions for you. Okay, three, two, one. What is your favorite side dish? Oh, me? Yeah, you. Mac and cheese. Oh, cornbread or mac and cheese? Oh, mac and cheese. Mm, turkey or chicken? Chicken. Uh, what? Apple pie or pumpkin pie? Pumpkin pie. No way. <laughs> Apple cider or water? <laughs> Apple cider. What? Thanksgiving or Halloween? Halloween. Yeah. Friendsgiving or Thanksgiving with family? <laughs> Friendsgiving. <laughs> and then finally, what's your opinion on turkey ducking? What? Maybe we should oh, it's like really... Yeah, so it's like... <laughs> no, I don't think we need to. I okay. Think... What's your opinion on Turk Duncan? I love it. Oh! Oh, oh no! No, I, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. They wrap like a long patty of duck or oh. in chicken and then stuff it into a turkey. No, actually, I do hate it. Oh, oh no. How much? <laughs> okay. How did all what? of you guys know what that is and not me? Because we talked about it the last week. <laughs> what? I had no clue what it was. Okay, yeah, so uh, to get into the real topic that we're gonna talk about today, we were thinking since Thanksgiving, you know, has happened, yes. and it's kind of a holiday strongly associated with eating, like that's a big part of it, mm-hmm. we thought we would make this episode um, centered on eating disorders and kind of information about them and maybe maybe some anecdotes and safety information, kind of warning signs and preventions, stuff like that. So I want to start it out by just asking about how you guys feel that eating has been made sort of a social thing by Thanksgiving and how that might, how an eating disorder might affect your like holiday 
because food is such a central part of Thanksgiving. Like, does anyone have any personal story about how, like, an eating story may have not ruined, but like, just affected your Thanksgiving? Um. Well, I'll go first. I mean, I know personally of a person who went through an eating disorder, and I know being in a environment where everyone is eating, and you feel kind of left out, and you feel pressured to eat that food, and like, even though you're not hungry, or like your mindset tells you, like, I don't want to eat, but you feel pressured to eat, and like your parents might also force you to eat in, in that way. I know that kind of ruined that Thanksgiving for that person, and kind of ruins, but I don't want to say ruin because that's interrupted like her happiness in that moment you know mm -hmm. and like um i remember even just yesterday it was thanksgiving and like i mean i did used to have an eating disorder but like i'm i'm, I'm okay now but yesterday like when i ate and after it, it i did have a little like twang i guess of like guilt but, but i think um i mean like you can never really get rid of it. And I just think um, it's, it's difficult to have a holiday where the whole point is to kind of eat communally and just forget about, mm -hmm. like, I guess values of food because you've kind of been trained to have the value or like in a negative way, the value of food. And, um, you know, I was like really happy to be eating with my family. And then I was thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm not gonna be healthy tomorrow. And stuff like that. And I just, I kind of had to take a step back and just realize um, kind of what was happening. And I don't know, when I was, when I was thinking about talking about it today, I was kind of, I was shocked because I really thought I was kind of done with having an eating disorder, but I guess um, just it's, it's always, it'll always be a part of like you. And so, yeah, that, <laughs> that sort of sucked, but um, I mean, I, I did talk to my mom about it and she, she really helped me out. My sister, she's back in town. She's really an advocate for kind of eating sort of safety, and they kind of pulled me out of it. So, so that was really nice. That's good. It's nice to have that like community around you. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I mean, I know without them, I would have been like going crazy. Cause like on my social media, I have all these dudes saying like, "On oh, Thanksgiving, I know it's a holiday, but don't don't cheat on your diet." It's like. What is one day compared to success? And I'm like, what is success? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, um, does anyone else want to share anything? Um, so, since I talked about social media, and, and I know we just touched on it last podcast, yeah. um, but in my opinion, social media is like maybe the number one kind of causer of <laughs> like um eating disorders like especially nowadays um because you're just fed so much misinformation and Kaylee you shared that thing about diet culture and youth resources do you want to like talk about that again oh at um at club is it a camp but yeah like um anyways um so it was what was it last summer i i did t uh, touch on this last episode 
but um, we were just all in a gym, and I, we, like, she just told us, um, like, we had a speaker come in, and she had us, like, just all go on our phones and scroll through Instagram, and it was about, like, 30 seconds a minute, um, and there were about 150 kids there, and after we were scrolling on Instagram, she asked us to, like, with a show of hands, how many of us saw something that promoted diet culture, and a good third of us raised our hands, and that's just really crazy to think about because we are all, like, our brains are still developing. Our brains will not stop developing until we're 25 or, like, around there, and so before that period, like, we're growing. Our brains are very, like, perceptive, yet malleable as well, and, like, we're very easily influenced, and when we see that kind of material, like, even if it doesn't affect every single person in that room, if it just affects, say, half of that one-third, that's still a significant number, and that was just in that room, like, within our high school, or within other high schools in our city, like, that's insane to think about, like, how many people are being affected by this, or, like, could be affected by this. And it's just gross how people will use it for, like, money value on social media, Uh, like, people kind of selling like diet plans or stuff like that that's just yeah. them telling you like not eat food i was literally at the gym earlier today like right before this i went to the gym and um while i was doing the leg press i see like on the little tv up there it's like slim fast like it's an ad for slim fast and it's just, like you're at i would like i would hope that like most people are going to be at the gym to better themselves like m- maybe aesthetically but like in a healthy way mm-hmm. and when you do things like that where it's like oh lose this many pounds in this many weeks like that really shouldn't be your goal your goal should be getting healthier not like just dropping pounds mm-hmm. and you saying that you saw it at the gym just kind of shows that like it's everywhere it's like all around us not even maybe not even like on our foot just on our phones like everywhere we go some like little piece of that is just around us everywhere mm-hmm. Like, those commercials, like, telling you the, or, like, magazines yeah. at the store. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous now is when these, like, claims like, lose 20 pounds in, like, three weeks, and then it's all just going to be, like, unhealthy, and you're going to hurt your body. It's, mm-hmm. it's just so angry. I don't know. Yeah, and it's really annoying for, um, like, there are a lot, like, I see on TikTok, like, um, a lot of singers, um, they have since, like, gained weight from the beginning of their career. And I see like a ton of um, TikTok accounts, like they'll be like, oh my gosh, like this person 10 years ago. And like, they'll just make it like, they look so, they look so much better 10 years ago. And really the only difference is that they gained weight. And like, they could be like so much, like I'm not saying that all of them are, but they could be so much happier now. But like, they're just acting like they're like their peak was ten mm-hmm. years ago, whenever. And they were like underweight and unhealthy. Yeah. 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 Oh man, and it's so targeted to like young girls too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and no matter what we do, like people are always gonna comment on yeah. what we look like. If we have like if someone like is very skinny and especially like in their torso or something, they'll tell like they'll tell the girl to eat a burger. Mm-hmm. But then if we have like you know, thicker thighs or something, then they'll tell us to go work out. Like, yeah. there's no winning, really. Yeah. Because someone always has something to say. They're, like, I mean, it still happens with guys, but, like, much more in girls because we're, like, taught to focus on, like, how we look and stuff. And, like, guys are taught to, like, be, like, do things that will, like, 
help change the world. Like not, not that like you know women can't do that, but like we're just taught from such a young age to focus on how we look, and there's no way that we could possibly do it right because someone's always gonna have something to say about it. And I feel like that plays a huge role into why like a lot of girls have like low self esteem from a very young age because of how they're like kind of told to be portrayed in a way like that's how they're like oh yeah you should or like that's how they see people around them and they're like comparing themselves mm-hmm. way. I also think it's like it also connects culturally and it, it, mm-hmm. it everybody does go through those thoughts because it's all over social media but I feel like it's also very influenced by the people you surround yourself with like for example I know in the Hispanic culture, there's nicknames in Spanish. It's just like flaca, or flaco, or flaquita, or gordo, gordito, and you grow up with that. Like, that's your nickname. Like, if you were a chubby kid, you grew up, oh, it's era una gordita. And that, that idea is already, like, in your head. It's been there since the day you were born because you were either, like, a chubby baby or you were a really skinny baby. And growing up, that nickname follows you all yeah. your life. And I know that that does influence on how girls and boys like see themselves every day. And I know Thanksgiving, around Thanksgiving, there's this stereotype for Hispanics that their grandma comes around and cooks and then they, um, you're either, your grandma sees sees you after a very long period of time and she's like oh you're very skinny you need to eat more and she gives you more food and she gives you more food or if you're like after a period of time you like gain some weight she like oh no no no, you're not eating anymore like she takes away your food so i know it's very it connects culturally to many different cultures because i know in the asian culture also they they grow up thinking that they have to be very very skinny And I think the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, um, the way people kind of dumb down eating disorders is like a, a teenager quell. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just me being a teenager who doesn't know what's up. It's like, like it's a, it's a real problem. And I think people just discount it. And um, I think teenagers are especially susceptible to eating disorders, and especially with um, maybe like a, a culture or a society or like friends that may, um, not quite understand what's happening or even adults who have been you know taught i mean because it was a different time and so they were taught maybe to just like like especially the women taught to like eat less and if you look at like 80s commercials and they're always on the sundown and stuff so i think now that people are learning more about eating disorders it's going better but just um i forgot what my point was just about like about how friends and um culture definitely like can add to eating sources um should I, I don't know if I should share another story. You can. I mean, um, oh man, and um, so back in middle school, I was quite a, I was a chubby kid, um, and I was like, I was at a school, and I got bullied pretty bad, and then I went to a different school, and it was a lot better. Um, but you know, I had friends, and you know, guys, 
before. And, like, you're always, like, mm-hmm. slapping your, like, your nipples and stuff like that. <laughs> and so, um, and, like, they would call you, like, fat ass and stuff like that. Um, and so just, like, little things like that um, definitely kind of added to, um, like, body image issues. And it, it just, like, it may not be a lot on its own, but little things that can add up to really, um, a bad, bad disorder. Yeah. yeah, I also think family is like a big part in like an eating disorder because personally, I feel like that was like one of the main reasons why I ever developed an eating disorder because um, I've always grown up, I've been really tall and my brother, he's like a normal height for like, like I mean, he's a little bit tall, but not like so much taller than everyone else. And my brother and I, we normally like eat the same amount of food, but like my parents would always point out like, why are you eating that much? Like you're, cause I'm shorter than my brother. So it's like, you know, maybe I'm not, I shouldn't be eating as much as him, but like they would always point out how much I'm eating, but they would never like comment on how much he's eating and stuff like that. And like, they see me the most. They like know, I guess what my body would look like. And like, they notice any time it would change. Like, no matter, even if it was, like, oh, your legs have thinned out a little bit, like, that doesn't really feel good. Like, it doesn't seem like something they should really point out, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Sorry. Right. Um. I feel like I relate to that, too, because um, in this past year, I've lost some weight, and going home, and whenever your family hasn't seen you in so long, and out the first thing they point out is oh she lost weight or oh she looks more skinny and you just walk in into this room and every, that's just the, the first thing, thing they notice mm-hmm. it's not like they notice oh she changed her hair or oh she's taller or she's older she looks older now it's she looks tinier and that create that hurts in a way mm-hmm. and I, I remember like when people would comment on like my weight loss at first, at first I found it like so rewarding. But the more that they were like, "Oh, you're getting skinnier," the more I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna eat less," because it was like I was conditioning myself that the less I ate, the more like validation I would get. But then like reflecting on it, it is like really just sad to like think it's about a how bad mindset to develop in a sense. Because I know at at the beginning I was like everybody's noticing that's so great that's so great and I just wanted more and I wanted more comments and I wanted more compliments and I just wanted that that's the only thing I was craving at that moment and like over time you really like what am I thinking what is like why are they why are they pointing this out like I know I know I'm losing weight but why are they pointing it out it's not I'm doing it for myself I'm not doing them I'm not doing this for them you know it's a bad mindset to develop in the beginning of a weight loss journey or or any or your weight gain. It's it's not that big of a deal in my the way I view it. Yeah, I feel like people should only comment on it if you are like proposing the conversation. Mm-hmm. Or like not if 
like, and even if you do, like, not in any kind of, like, negative way, uh, well, yes. obviously, like, don't be me as well, what a controversial, like, point, um, but, like, sometimes people, like, will initiate the conversation, but it's just so, it also just makes the environment so much more awkward, oh, yeah. like, mm-hmm. because what do you even say to that, like, whenever you're in a family setting, and, like, your, like, your family is, like, around you, like, how do you even respond to that when they, like, comment on, like, how your body, like, yeah, like, yep. I'm your family member, So, um, I did, I looked up a little statistic because I was kind of curious, um, I never really looked up for it. And apparently, like 30 million Americans have an eating disorder, and a lot of them are adolescents. And um, that's a lot of fucking people. Um, and I just, I think it's important for people to understand the, like, warning signs. Um, for maybe a friend or a family member. So what would you guys say are some, like maybe points to start um, slowly intervening, like maybe just um, being more positive around them or just like maybe confront them and be like, hey, I've been worried about you and I just wanna share. What do you guys think are some good checkpoints to do that? Well, um, I wanted to touch for like one second on um, the statistics that the statistic that you talked about. Um, I actually wrote an essay about this. Well, I wrote an essay over um, like eating disorders within males, but um, for the 30 million thing, that's like within America. That is more than the entire population of Australia. And like, even though, even though like it's, um, even though it's a country, like it's still a continent. Like (laughs) that's like, more people in America have eating disorders than in, like the an than people yeah, yeah an entire continent that's like that was crazy to me and that's only diagnosed too. yeah that's only diagnosed yeah. like that was oh my gosh um, and also eating disorders are the second highest cause of death for um, mental disorders in America yeah that's and think about all the other stuff that leads to too because like being disorder I bet like depression will follow that and like yeah and like there are so many other things like with it but um for like noticing signs for me um in middle school one of our closest friends uh she we didn't really like know what was going on but um like every single day or like close to every single day after or like after lunch um she would like we would all like wash our hands before lunch and stuff, but then after lunch, she would always go straight to the bathroom. And so we never really like, we didn't really like notice it until one day like we were lining up and like we were gonna go out of a different door and we could hear her, like we could hear something. And we didn't go in the bathroom, but we eventually found out that she was making herself throw up the food that she had just eaten because she didn't want to not eat in front of us because that would be like possibly a little too obvious like if yeah. we if we noticed that like she wasn't eating with the social setting day. yeah the pressures of the social setting exactly but then we we could hear her 
and then we would try to just like keep talking to her after lunch so like because we didn't want to like tell her that we knew because we didn't want to put her in that like position and we were also so young like we didn't know what we were doing we didn't know how to talk to her about it but we would just try to like talk to her and like keep her occupied after lunch so she would feel awkward like leaving the conversation to go to the bathroom but then eventually we like saw that she would just like bring an apple to school like she would just eat an apple for lunch and like some people like if you're like only hungry enough for an apple but like this was happening every single day like she would just bring an apple and like that was that was all she would eat and like we didn't really know what to do at that point which I really wish we had because eventually like it's completely deteriorating on your body like I mean I'm sure like duh but like she she would like she lost her period because of it which is like very dangerous because eventually that can like that can mess up your chances of like having a baby I mean like if that's what you want but like either way if your body is not it like does not have enough nutrients to support like having a menstrual cycle like you really know that something has to be wrong at that point yeah um a story that relates to that is i used to live with some family members and there was this one girl who went to school and she wouldn't like eat breakfast and even at lunch she wouldn't really eat lunch and we would write we would drive home and the first thing she would do when we got at the place, right, she would be, she would go straight to the restroom. And in the beginning, uh, I, I've never really questioned it, but in the beginning, I just thought, oh, she needs to go to the restroom because it's like a very long drive. But over time, you see that cycle build up. You see the same thing happening over and over and over again. They're just going to the restroom and they're just going to the restroom. And you question everything and you set, you, I was, I was 15, I was 16, sorry, no, 16. I was 16 when I was noticing such changes. And she, she would just keep going to the restroom and we never really thought about anything until I got a closer look and I was like, she's making herself throw up, even though she had not ate anything the whole day. It wasn't even dinner time and she did not eat anything. And at first I was like, how do you throw up like that when you don't have anything in your system? But then I was like, but somehow it's happening. And over time, you, you, when you find, find information like that, you don't really know how to address it. You, you sit back and you're like, what do I do? How do I question this? How do I tell her like, that's not good? Because deep down, you know what you're going through and you know that you need help, but you just don't want to reach out. You don't want to reach out. And so, therefore, like, I was in any position where I just didn't know how to address the young lady, right? But over time, if you just stick with them, and you, I, until this day, I, like, I haven't personally addressed, addressed it to her, but you, you see the signs, 
and you see when they're getting better and you see when they're getting worse and um, at the moment she has gotten a lot better <laughs> it's a good thing yeah. but you I like in my position right now like I just feel like I need to be there for her and I know it's really really difficult to bring the, the conversation up to the person but I did and in the beginning like they're very stubborn they don't want to like tell you the truth they're very stubborn and they're very like headstrong like no this is not happening to me you're lying like but if you keep persisting and you keep like telling them hey I know like, I know you don't have to lie to me I know they'll break down sooner or later the, the wall that they have built around themselves because their self-esteem is low and they just don't want to talk, they don't want to open up to people. If you keep persisting, you'll get there. And I just feel like to our public, like if you are going through that, reach out. And like I know it's hard. I know it's really hard and you can be really stubborn. But the you need help. Like at the end of the day you need help. I do want to talk about that because that's like exactly what happened to me because like when I had eating disorder, my sister, she was like Kill him, I think you have a eating disorder. And she's just like super blunt about stuff. <laughs> and I was like, and I got like so mad at her. And I was like, no, I don't remember. We got like a big screen match. And I was like cussing at her and all this stuff. And then she just like kept saying it. And I was, I just, I didn't want to like, I knew what I had, but like, I didn't want to be a pussy. Wow. <laughs> but like, honestly, that's what I was thinking. Like, I didn't, I was like, like, I'm a man. I can't get an eating disorder. And I'm just like, that's, that's not, like, I can't, I can't be like weak like that. And my friends are like, what do they say? Like, I have to, this is just something that happens to everyone. Like, I just gotta push through it. But then it was just like I think that's the best thing you can do is just like have like tough love for the person with the eating disorder. Just be like, I I know that you're not like admitting it, but I know that you have it, and I think you just gotta like keep persisting and like keep fighting. For yeah, them. and and eventually I was just like, yeah, I do, and. Mm -hmm. It, it was when I kind of was able to admit it is when I was able to fight it. But when you keep denying that you have it, even though you know you have it, I feel like it's probably just gonna get worse because your self-esteem keeps getting lower. Mm -hmm. And then I think so. The best, I think the best thing you can do for a friend or a family member with an user is just like, let them know that you're there for them. But like, <laughs> this is kind of but like, don't be soft on them, I guess. Like don't, don't let them, yes. Act like you're okay with like yeah. keeping them. Because keeping they can, at that moment they're so vulnerable. That's not really the correct word, but they're not fighting for themselves. They need someone else to fight for them. They need someone else to be like, you need to get up, and you need to address this, and we're gonna help you address this, and I'm here to help you address this. I feel like that's the best way to attack an eating disorder of any type, any kind. And I, I do think that the person who's fighting it, like they should know that, like. I feel like the person with the eating disorder is going to be like really standoffish and like kind of rude. Just know that it's not personal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I remember I was like a total, like just, I was so mean to my sister and I, I, I wish I could take it back because it's something she, like, <laughs> like saved me from it, so. Because I feel like also in like situations like these or any like, just like, yeah, situations like these, siblings are like the best people 
to like because I feel especially with me, yeah, my my sibling's much younger than I am, but he's very like just like to the point with me. Even if it's anything, like he just says it outright and he knows like everything. And so with me the same. If I notice something in him, I say it to him. Even if our parents maybe don't want to bring it up, then I like sometimes they tell me like, oh, go talk to him about this. So I feel like siblings, that relationship is like the best in some ways. If you like have that relationship with your sibling, I, it's like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, and like with someone like being there, being like super important. I feel like people who are going through that, a lot of it is that they feel like the only thing that they have, like not necessarily happiness, but like the only rewarding thing is like watching the number on the scale go down. Like that is one of their like sole drives for what they're doing and like feeling that like sense of like, oh, they're winning. Mm -hmm. And that might, not necessarily like their only friend is that, but like, they might not feel like they have any other like goals to work toward and like when you keep like showing that person that you are there for them no matter what they like what their body looks like that is probably one of the most like crucial things Mm -hmm. because then they can understand like the number on the scale is not what determines what I'm worth yeah and like if I feel like if people like just shut out someone who's going through that and like are saying like oh I'm not gonna like talk to you until you start eating again or until like that's one of the worst things you can do like um like you might think that it could be like tough love like oh i'm not going to do this until you until you (laughs) (laughs) but like i mean i know like um in some cases like if someone's making like poor choices for themselves Mm -hmm. their friends will be like i'm not going to talk to you until you start making better choices for yourself but then that reinforces the idea that an eating disorder is a choice whenever it's like it's a mental illness like it's a disorder for a reason and like it's like then that just like completely destroys any like ideas that like the person who's going through that may have that you know like they have someone there for them and then Mm. they'll just feel like even more alone and i think like maybe setting up um because i guess the numbers on the scale thing is kind of like a reward like maybe rewarding them for different things other than to do with food and body just be like oh you seem like so happy today so you should be proud of yourself for just like or like little things that you should be happy for um like doing your homework or something like little things like that and like my sister and mom would kind of congratulate me for just like doing the little simple tasks and um like just kind of and friends um and that's sadly like no guy friends but a lot of girl my friends who were girls would um you know, kind of compliment me for things that did not have to do with my body. But like, I feel like most compliments from guys have been about my body, but uh, like, I feel like um, a lot of ladies, they kind of help me see my worth other than my body, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And again, I feel like it's nice to have like that environment around you where it's not just like, like, it's not focused on the disorder only. They focus on things outside of it, as you said. They focus on like maybe even even the little things. You don't know how big of an impact that could make on them. So, like just having even that is great. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, so I think um, anyone who's listening to this, you should just um, remember to um, really stay mindful about um, your impact on others. So um, maybe if someone comes to you and says that they have an eating disorder, don't, don't blow them off. And try to um, stay with them or, or get someone else. If you, if you know you can't handle that, which is like completely fine like if you if you know it's that you can completely understand yeah yeah if you if, if that's just too much for you then um you should maybe just hand it off to um like ask the kid is there anyone else that you trust to share this with um and that's another thing i don't think it is fair for people to um kind of expect um like someone to fix it by them, like all from them. I, how do I say this? Like a person with with a disorder, I don't think it is fair to push it all onto someone else to be their kind of savior. I guess. Yeah. I think it's a it's like a fifty fifty job. Yeah. But I think it is important to have someone. It's more like someone to like get support from yeah. and for them to like tell you what to do or tell you mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff because at the end of the day like um i'm like a firm believer like you can't really like you can't truly help someone who doesn't want to be helped yeah and so like if they're not ready to make like to do that betterment for themselves or like you know to like make those steps then there really isn't anything you can do because you're not going to be like sur like surveillancing that person like every single second of every single day like you can't like put so much of your energy into that because eventually you're not going to have energy for anything in your own life. And I think a lot of people who have eating disorders, they do want to um, like get better. Mm -hmm. And like having a person there to help them get better, because a lot of times like you're not going to know what to do if you have an eating disorder. Like yes. how do you yeah. get help? A lot of people don't want to reach out to their parents or reach out to their doctor. And like reaching out to their friends, that could be like one of like the only things mm -hmm. that they have. like that could help them get better and I think just having like a support system or like being a support system for your friend like trying to get a support system for your friend that is like a really good thing to do if you notice someone is like struggling with their eating habits and things like that mm -hmm. and I, I don't know if this is off track but I do feel that sometimes doctors may yeah. like not be the best thing to go to because like they might um I mean, I've heard stories about doctors blowing people off when they clearly had a problem or um, kind of maybe prescribing um, maybe over extreme things. But um, I, I know like friends and family, they will definitely know you more than your doctor. So I'm not, I'm not saying don't go to your doctor. Guys, do not, do not go to your doctor. Like, um, but I'd say just have caution with what, with what anyone tells you, but um, also with what the doctor tells you. I feel like I also, um, I saw it somewhere, it was like doctors, when you go to the doctor, and I feel like it's especially for like men, when they go to the doctor, um, the doctor might uh, under-diagnose them or misdiagnose them when they have the same symptoms as women and it's clearly an eating disorder, but doctor, some doctors don't see it like the same. So it's like, as you said, iffy but like go to the doctors so. <laughs> yeah. 
how bad it could be like on yeah. the way you view other people and also like on viewing other people it's not always like oh this person is worse than me because i'm doing this and they're not mm-hmm. it can also be like i want to be like more like this person because they're doing this and i'm not like this person like eats salad every day for lunch why am i not doing that like things like that yeah. it's also just like noticing habits from other people that maybe a person with an eating disorder isn't can also mm-hmm. yeah. 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 so i think you really just have to be careful with what you oh yeah thank you guys <laughs> i know that was a hot um, hot take but um just like think before you say something mean like that yeah <laughs> well because I mean, some people don't <laughs> like some people are just dicks <laughs> um who if somebody does come to you listen to them listen to what they're thinking don't dismiss it and it might it may be like a stupid thought in your head but in their head it's real yeah it's real it what they're thinking they believe it and even if you don't see it and if you don't see their thoughts or you're not understanding or comprehending just be there and open your ears your eyes and be okay with what they're saying and fight for them appreciate them and notice the little things basically that's what that would be my advice for those who are on the support system just listen to them because that means a lot to them yeah I really agree with Margie because like just like you don't have to understand like like a lot of people like if they're opening up to you they're not like they probably aren't necessarily asking you to understand everything about it because you're not going to like if you're not that person you're not going to understand every aspect of it and um like I saw a thing on Instagram and it was like you like I don't understand like Japanese but I still understand like it's a real language and like I might not understand like how could you see yourself that way because like I've I see that person like in such high regards like how could they ever see themselves as not so completely totally beautiful and like I don't need to understand that like I I want to understand how they're thinking but I don't need like it's not my job to fully understand every single part like of their brain I just need to be there for that Mm -hmm. person you're not in their brain they're thinking that they're seeing that and that's what the disorder is yeah that's what they are building up in their mind and you just have to sit there and listen to them and I feel like that's the best way of helping them and with what Callum said like tough love just keep persisting and keep trying and their walls will most likely come down sooner or later and if you're a person with an eating disorder know that reaching out to someone is not like a shameful thing it can be very helpful in that like doing it alone is a lot harder than doing it with a support, uh, a support system. Yeah, especially if you like reach out to someone and then you can get like depending on how severe it is, you might have to you know go through some type some type of like therapy or treatment, and they can help you get through that or go through that uh, with the help of like you know a medical official or um, a counselor or a therapist, you know. Because there's a lot of ways to, even if people are not, like, if you're not comfortable with them with that, then obviously, like, don't do it. But there may be the need of that. So they can always help you get the help that you need. I mean, I think that was a, I don't, I don't have anything else more to add, do you? Nope. Yeah, I'm 
think that's it. Yeah, so you guys are welcome for the really funny episode. Huh? I was like, that was like, no jokes. I was like, serious. Oh. <laughs> well, I guess there's a joke. <laughs> that was a fun episode. What fun episode? <laughs> oh, I, as he was saying, like, you guys are welcome. I was like, he can't be serious. And then he was like, the really funny episode. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, you thought I was being for real? <laughs> no, because you were talking so slowly. You were like, you guys are welcome. And I was like, he's I... joking. And then you're like, for the really funny episode. And I was like, oh, okay. So you see, I didn't catch that hint. This is all staying in, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're the editor for this yeah. one, so. Oh, yeah, this is all staying in. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be like, Margie, her, huh? <laughs> okay, I think that's the end. Our ironic. No, we have to our, ironic. Oh. Goodbye. Our ironic. Oh. <laughs> Do it. One, two, three, go. All right. One, two, three.